Welcome to Female Empowered, a podcast for female fitness and wellness professionals and business owners looking for real talk about the ins and outs of the industry. I'm Krista Gurka, an accidental entrepreneur turned founder and CEO of a multi-million dollar health and wellness business. In this podcast, I'll be sharing expert insights and having real conversations about what it means to show up, thrive, and of course, get paid. We'll talk about what works, what doesn't, and what really happens behind the scenes of a client-based business. All so you can take away sound advice and actionable steps that help you become a more successful and confident business owner, all on your own terms. So let's dive in. Right, all right, all right. Welcome to another episode of Female Empowered. I am your host. No, not Matthew McConaughey. If you guys caught that intro, I'm your host, Krista Gurka. And today on the podcast, I am going to be sharing what the top 1% of women business owners all seem to have in common. So what I did for this episode was I asked some of my closest and most successful female business owners um, what they thought and what we all thought as colleagues that we kind of all have in common. And so I thought like, let me just put that together and do a podcast on it. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about women in business, which is what I talk about a lot. And we're going to talk about the things that the top 1% of us have in common, um, as a seven, um, eight figure business owner, I put myself in the top 2% of women business owners. And, um, this is going to be a really exciting, it's, I, th- I think it'll be really good information for some of us and reminders for most of us on the mindset things and the things that we should put in place foundationally to keep ourselves moving in the right direction and also keep our businesses moving in the right direction. So um, a few stats to start out with. So in 1972, which is when I was a little seedling in my mama's belly, um, women owned businesses only accounted for 4.5% of all businesses. 4.5. All right. Now in 2022, all right, it's 42% of all businesses. That's a huge jump. And you can imagine the amount of things that have changed you know, in those last 50 years, a lot has changed. A lot in the home has changed. A lot in society has changed. A lot in um, women are, I think, just slightly over 50% of the population. And so now that we own almost 50% of the businesses, that's, you know, that's good. Now we're not talking about C-suite executives because there's still a big disparity there um, or discrepancy. Um, But Let's talk now. Let's focus on that 42% of business owners are female. And let's focus on now what the top 1% all have in common. And a lot of it is the belief system that we have. So the first one, and I love this one, and this is something that I believe in myself, um, is that no one is going to believe in you like you do. And the way that I used to think about this, and I started thinking about this, I have this. And I had this on my office in one of the studios for a while. It was sometimes you just got to bet on yourself, 
right? And basically it was like, if you won't bet on yourself, how will anybody else bet on you? And so no one will believe in you like you do. And you are the secret sauce. I am the secret sauce in my business. So can other people teach Pilates? Absolutely. Can other people do physical therapy? Absolutely. Can someone replicate me as an individual? No. And I bet you there's a lot of people out there right now thinking, thank God for that. Cause we can only use, we can only really take one of Krista, but anyways, no one will believe in you like you do. All right. So whether you're just starting out, whether you're just toying with the idea of going out on your own, whatever title you have, CEO, dreamer, founder, executive, owner, entrepreneur, um, take the time to figure out how you want to lead, right? What kind of leader work, what kind of leadership works for you? What kind of leadership fits you the best? Okay. Come as you are and don't try to be anybody else. So in other words, I say this all the time to people, you know, to the women in my mentorship groups, don't try to be like me. Don't try to be like me, right? Figure out maybe some things that you like that I do or some of the practices that I do, but then put your own spin on it. Make it your own. I say the same thing to the therapist and the instructors in our studio. You Take the foundation, take the fundamentals, and then make it your own, because that way nobody can truly replicate it. And then you're living your true authentic self. If you are trying to be somebody else, if you are trying to be something that you are not, it gets really, really, really hard to continue to keep that up over and over and over and over again. And that's really what is exhausting to business owners. A lot of times there's, there's so many different hats we have to wear. And if we're trying to be somebody that we're not, and we're now trying to be a chameleon and all this stuff that is exhausting. So if it's hard, yes. Is it hard and challenging to be a CEO, a founder? Yes. But if we're at least coming to the table as we are, and as authentic, genuine people, it's at least we're living in our truth. Right. And so we're not just trying to also now have to be somebody else. So we don't have to run our businesses like white men in suits did back in the 1970s. We can run our businesses how we want. We can work from home. Okay. We can work, you know, we can have shop open five hours a day. If we want to be home with our children or our family or our dogs or whatever the case may be, if we want to, if you want to travel and see the world, you can create a business that supports that. There is no one right way to do business. And the sooner we figure that out, the better. So when people in our groups ask us, or even on a Facebook forum I'm on, is like, what's the best way to do this? Well, the best way is a way that works for you. What works for me may not work for everybody else. Not everybody in our coaching programs wants a seven-figure business with multiple location and a couple dozen employees. Not everybody wants that. And that's great. Knowing what you want is more important and recognizing no one will believe in you like you do. So if you're out there doubting yourself, you're already kind of 
behind the eight ball. So believe in yourself. Cause if you don't believe in yourself, how do you expect other people to believe in you? And truly nobody will believe in you like you do. Okay. So another thing that the top 1% of female business owners have in common is that we all figure out what our brand values are, what our mission vision, our mission vision and values are, what our messaging is, and basically what our why is. And we stay true to that no matter what. This is something that I like poo-pooed for a long time. I was not really into this when I first started my business. Number one, I didn't know what I was doing. So I didn't know that that was important. And number two, I really was like, yeah, that's not that big of a deal. We really just need to get business in the door or whatever, whatever. And while yes, that's true when you first start, as you continue to grow and as you have more decisions to make, and as you're starting to bring on a team, it is imperative that you have your why down. It is imperative that you have values down and not just in your head, but clearly expressed in everything you do and that you're able to articulate them and your team is able to articulate them and you actually live them. Okay. Knowing what your brand values are, knowing what your brand voice is and staying true to them allows you to avoid being reactive when difficult things come up. It allows you to respond rather than to react because just issues and challenges will come up, right? It gives all of us a better foundation to make decisions and directs our course of action. And I'll give you a perfect example. Everything we do at Pilates in the Grove revolves around our core values, okay? There are six of them. So when I hire... I make sure that everyone is personally and professionally aligned with those values. And if they're not, that doesn't make them a bad person. It just means that they won't be successful at Pilates in the Grove. And I am doing them a disservice by trying to change them into the type of person that will align with our values, okay? They need to not be directly opposed to any of those values because if they are, it just will never work. So it makes my decision very easy. If someone, uh, for example, we over me is a big core value, meaning we are a team. My expectation when I hire people is that they will help cover for other people, sub for other people, et cetera, et cetera. And if someone's like, no, I really, I'm really into like, I just want to come in. I want to teach my three classes and I'm done. That's great. There are plenty of places you can work in this industry like that but not at Pilates in the Grove. So it's better for me to find that out at the beginning rather than now butt my head against the wall or be kind of in conflict with this team member when we bring them on board. So having a mission, where is everyone keeps everyone rowing in the same direction so that when things get challenging, we're like, listen, we're still rowing to the finish line. I know it's hard right now, but we're all rowing together and we're going to get there. We might get there a little late this time, but we're going to still get there. It keeps people bought in and keeps you bought in on those days that you just want to burn it to the ground. All right. The days that I'm like, F this, I'm done. I'm done. Then I keep thinking, no. My goal at Pilates in the Grove is to have more people moving better and living the life they want. And if I give up, I am, I am not allowing these people to get the benefit that they deserve. 
I'm doing a disservice to them. I want more bodies doing Pilates. I want more women being financially independent and financially solvent and successful in their businesses. So those are the things that keep me going on the days that I'm like, oh, I am ready to throw in the top. Hey, I wanted to take a moment and interrupt this episode real quick. If you are enjoying what you're listening to and have listened to any other of my content and are interested in seeing if I would be the right person to help you grow, start, or even support you wherever you are on your fitness business journey, I invite you to schedule a free discovery call with me and see if we're the right fit to work with each other. You can go ahead and grab a time at www.kristagurka.com slash discovery. And I really look forward to chatting with you. All right. So number three, and this is a big one. This is a big one. Do not be apologetic for charging premium rates. I'm going to say it again. Do not be apologetic for charging premium rates. This is a big one, especially for women, because we want to help everyone. We're people pleasers. We get validated by, um, external validation. A lot of us, we don't like to be judged. We don't want people to think ill of us. And so sometimes charging a premium rate is something that's really hard for us to do. Okay. So, but here's what I can tell you. I know people in this industry that are charging $350 for a session. I know people in this industry that are charging $50, $60 for a group class. There are people that are successful in this industry that you cannot become a member unless you are personally referred by someone who's already a member. Anything that you would like, you can create a niche for in this industry. So by charging a premium does not mean that you have to exclude everyone too. You can still charge a premium and then do great, you know, philanthropic work. You can donate. We have a community class where we, it's a minimum donation of $10. We raise money and we have a community fund for people that can't afford our physical therapy services. We give back to the local community. Okay. So you, we do not, do not have to be apologetic for charging premium rates. This is where we sit in the market. Okay. There's no, we don't have to be apologetic for it. There's other ways to also give back. So that's a big one, okay? And the top 1% of women business owners are not apologetic for their rates. Rates are set very objectively. And at least if you're, you know, if those of you that are in business, you know this, you know that you're setting your rates objectively to meet expenses, to employ people. You're doing good things with that money. And you're creating a value for people. All right. So that is why we don't have to be apologetic for premium rates. Here's another one. There is always, always room in the market for you in whichever niche you pursue. There is always room in the market. I am in a mastermind with a girl, woman, another female business owner. Her niche is to help people get over their ex. And she does very well. Okay. 
I'm in another person in that um, mastermind with me is someone who teaches people how to garden and how to do like landscape design. She's very successful. There is a niche for everyone, okay? If people do it and they're willing to pay money for it, you can be successful in that. So there is room in the market for everyone. So this is also where the top 1% of us understand we think of blue ocean strategy versus red ocean strategy, okay? Blue ocean, you know, the whole idea between red ocean and blue ocean, I'll just give you a little snippet is red ocean is like shark infested waters. Everyone's like vying and competing for the same competition. Whereas blue ocean is just decide what sets you apart and swim away from the, uh, the, you know, the sharks swim away from the sharks, but 1% of business owners believe that there is room in the market for, for them. The other thing, and I've, I know this to be true. I know this to be true. Joining women's entrepreneurship groups and never being the smartest one in the room. For me, if I'm the smartest one in the room, I want to get another group, another room. I'm going to move myself to another room. I never want to be the smartest one in the room. Now, that doesn't mean that I can't contribute to the dialogue in the room, okay? I'm in another mastermind where I talk about this a lot with other seven-figure business owners, and um, they're all in boutique fitness, and some of them have 16, 17, 18 studios. Some of them are franchises. Some of them are doing, you know, many of them are doing over $5 million in revenue, over $10 million in revenue. Um, there's ranges from venture capital money to self-funded. So now do I contribute to the conversation in that room? 100%. Am I the smartest one in that room? No. Do I get the opportunity to be held accountable by other people in that room? Yes. Do I get the opportunity to learn from other women in that room? Yes. Do I get the opportunity to be pushed to my limits? Yes. So surround yourself by other women that are doing things that you want to do and that will answer questions. Okay. I was able to jump on a call with one of the women in this group that has a very successful business. And she, you know, I said, Hey, would I, could I pick your brain for a little bit? And she sat down with me and like helped me look over my PL, develop a new strategy. And she gave me some really, I was between like, do I open more studios? Do I not open more studios? What do I want to do? Do I? And she gave me some really, really solid advice on maximizing the profitability in our current locations before opening up another location. All right. And now I know people are like, oh, I thought you said you don't love the pick your brain idea. Well, not if I don't have a relationship with this person, but her and I are in the same mastermind together. So when you're in a mastermind together, saying to someone, hey, can I pick your brain or take you out to lunch is different than cold DMing someone on Instagram and saying, hey, can I pick your brain? If I have no relationship with you and you want to pick my brain, sure, we can do it for a fee. But if I'm in a mastermind with you, like I'll sit on a call with you anytime, which is again, the importance of being in the room, the, the collaboration and the, and the accountability that happens in the beyond the movement mentorship programs and in our inner circle for our female business owners, over $250,000 in revenue, as well as in the FitBiz foundations program for women trying to break their first six figures is amazing. Okay. The accountability the communication, the questions that people are asking are amazing. And I can say I have learned so much in these last 
four to five years since I started joining masterminds and being in other women entrepreneurial groups. Okay. That's not to say that I haven't learned from men. I actually, the two leaders of my mastermind group are men, but, and we have one male in our group, but we have the rest of the group is um, women. So it's been really phenomenal. And I tell you, we, we support each other. We have each other's backs when things are going tough. Um, we started this group back in 2020. That's when we all met each other. And it was, it's really been, I consider these women, my friends now. And so one of the biggest thing I, I would definitely say that the top 1% of successful women business owners have in common is that they put themselves in the room with other women that are going to level them up and will support them and that they feel like they are never the smartest person in the room. All right. So along with that, like you don't have to go it alone. In fact, you shouldn't do it alone. Okay. Recognizing that you need help is probably the smartest thing. The smartest business owners realize early on that they can do this. Okay. Seek out companionship, seek out collaboration, seek out mentorship from others who are going through similar situations, who can provide advice when you need it the most. Okay. Entrepreneurship can feel lonely at times, right? Especially for solopreneurs or people with small teams, surround yourself with people that will cheer you on in the good times and in the bad times. All right. And remember your experience might help somebody else right? I mean, that's, that's what it is. That's, that's one of my whys, like people helped me get to where I am now. And so my why right now with our mentorship groups is to turn around and lend a hand to others that are coming up behind me. There's plenty of room here. There's plenty of room at the table. We want you to pull up a chair. We want you to be in the conversation. Okay. So let me just review again, the, the top things that the, 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 English. Let me rephrase that. Okay. Speak in English, Krista. So these are the things that the top 1% of female business owners have in common, really the thoughts and the actions that we take. No one will believe in us like we do. Okay. Figure out what our mission, vision, and values and what our why is, because it keeps you going for everything that you do. Do not be apologetic for charging premium rates. There is always room in the market whichever industry we choose, and then joining women's entrepreneurial groups and never being the smartest one in the room gets us closer and closer and closer to our goal and also helps us not feel uh, alone on an island out there. All right. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. If you have anything that you would like to add, I'd love to hear from you. DM me over on Instagram at Krista Gurka. All right. And if you're interested in learning more about the Beyond the Movement mentorship groups that we offer, our FitBiz Foundations program, as well as our growth levels that we call the Inner Circle, go ahead and check up, check my website. Head on over to kristagurka.com. Currently, registration is closed for the rest of 2022. We'll be reopening it in 2023. And I think we have um, at the time of this recording, which is the very beginning of December, I think we may have one spot in the inner circle and one spot in Fitbiz Foundations. So if you are interested 
in taking part in these programs in 2023, my advice would just be to get on the wait list or complete an application now, because once registration enrolls, it will be open to the wait list people first before we open it to the public. And if we fill all those spots, you may not even open it to the public. Okay. And I don't say this for scarcity. Like I really don't. I, I, I intentionally, um, bring on a certain amount of people each time we open enrollment a certain time, amount of times of the year due to my capacity. Cause I do one-to-one calls with everyone as they come in, I create plans for them and strategies. And it just gets to be too much on my plate if I'm enrolling like 25 people. All right. So that's the reason we, I think we have just like a couple spots open in each program. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, until next time, my friends have a great one. Bye for now. Hey there, thanks so much for listening today. But before you go, could I ask you to take a minute? Okay, so maybe like two minutes and leave me an honest review about the podcast. It really does help me get this podcast in front of more women in healthcare, wellness, and fitness. And also really lets me know that I'm actually sharing information you all like to listen to. Thanks again and catch you all on the next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of Female Empowered. If you like what we covered today, please leave a review for the show. This helps other female fitness and wellness professionals find the podcast and lets me know I'm sharing helpful information with all of you. If you'd love to get even more insights and find resources to help you market, streamline, and grow your clinic or client-based business, you can visit me at kristagurka.com or follow me on Instagram at kristagurka. That's at C-H-R-I-S-T-A-G-U-R-K-A. See y'all next time.